0: welcome to on Texas football I'm Bobby Burton your host this is this week's episode of state of the program state of the program is brought to you by Wix law if you suffered a real personal injury and need to recover real compensation you need a real lawyer call Paul Wix with wixlaw.com Wix law can handle your car wrecks truck wrecks or other personal injury claims get a real lawyer to help when you're really injured uh, Eric let's talk uh, today about state of the program Longhorns Uh, Going uh, into Louisiana Monroe, this is the week we've all been waiting for and leading up to. Uh, We want to talk about the depth chart because uh, that's something that you uh, put up over the weekend. Steve Sarkeesian uh, did not want to put a depth chart up uh, for the uh, rest of the year. Uh, And so it's going to be interesting to see exactly what happens here uh, with the Longhorns. Uh, But it's something you you and I want to talk about. Plus, the Big 12 coming out on Wednesday morning and saying that they're going to go ahead and accelerate negotiations with TV partners, Mm -hmm. Fox and ESPN, prior to the one year out. So they're going to begin those negotiations now, which could have impacts for the Longhorns long term. Before we get to the depth chart, I want to ask you immediately about your thoughts on Fox and ESPN, as well as the Big 12, forwarding uh, that uh, relationship and what and how it could possibly impact the Longhorns.
1: Well, I think if we learn anything from realignment, it's that you know the, the fruits go to the people that are the most proactive. You know, if you sit back and wait for this stuff to come to you, that's not going to happen. It's not going to go well for you. <clears throat> you're going to get blindsided, or you're, you know, you're going to be left without a seat at the table. So, I think they're trying to be proactive uh, and really force the Big Twelve, uh, the the Pac-12's hand. We know that they've wanted to create some uncertainty over there. Maybe uh, wrangle loose a couple schools that, that would want to join the Big Twelve. I think this is a big step in that direction. Those those Pac-12 schools are going to feel the heat to not get left without a seat.
0: Yeah, and it, it possibly creates a scenario where uh, the Pac-12 now doesn't hold the cards as far as knowing what number will be on the table first for sure, right? And so that creates some uncertainty with those people, which might shake a couple of schools loose to the Big Twelve. Ultimately, what does that mean for the Longhorns? It means Texas could possibly uh, get out of the conference a year yeah. earlier than the uh, a year earlier than what. Uh, is in the contract of 2025. We already think that they're most likely headed for 2024 to the SEC. Right. But with these negotiations, things can really uh, pop through and maybe uh, benefit the Longhorns long-term.
1: Yeah, yeah. Texas is still in the catbird seat on that. You know, they've been smart to just play it slowly and and uh, just let, let everything kind of unravel uh, as it's going to. It, you know, they know that they're going to be in a good spot no matter what. They probably won't have to pay a penalty. Obviously, if there's new contracts, then they won't include Texas, and they'll be out of their their old one. So, Um, You know, I think Texas has the leadership to uh, to kind of sit there and be patient. Um, There's no reason for them to be aggressive right now. They have already got their uh, long term home.
0: Um, Eric, I I want to ask you this. Uh, Let's let's take a look at the let's I I think we're right about what's happening right now with the uh, uh, with the Longhorns as it relates to the Big 12 and the SEC. But let's go to the depth chart. Um, I think that uh, you and I have talked about this. Uh, You've written about it over the weekend. Uh, and, you know, even though Steve Sarkeesian decided not to put out a depth chart, this is our projected depth mm-hmm. chart at InsideTexas.com. Yep. Um, any comments uh, on this overall outside of, uh, you know, like I'll, I'll start with one. Is Roshan Johnson, to your knowledge, is he going to be full go uh, for uh, Saturday at, at, at ULM or at uh, against ULM? Or is it going to be Keelan Robinson, Jonathan Brooks? Those kind of guys that spell B. John Robinson.
1: Yeah, I think we. I think there's a good chance we see all five running backs in that game. So you know, I don't think the the top of the depth chart doesn't matter as much in a game like this. Uh, you're going to leave him there because he's a leader and he he's going to be good enough to play and he'll probably get a few snaps just to to shake off some rust. He hasn't practiced a whole lot of late. Uh, so I, I do I do think he's going to get some carries. Um, you know, I think they would rather have see him get him on, get him on tape and see what he's got. If he still has all his uh, necessarily uh, necessary bursts. Uh, headed into Alabama. You know, you don't want to go in there testing it out against Alabama. You'd rather know what you can do and and have them build some confidence back up in that ankle.
0: Yeah, we're just going to try them out against Alabama, you know, that uh, (laughs) that does not sound like a smart way to go. Um, Talk a little bit about the receivers uh, because you and I, uh, it all depends on packages, right? Like, how are they going to use these guys? Are they going to go with uh, uh, a 12 personnel look, uh, 11 personnel look, and that's all... uh, predicated on, on the receivers as well as uh, what Sark is trying to accomplish. Uh, interesting uh, guys up there, whether it's Xavier Worthy, Brennan Thompson, Jordan Whittington, Tariq Milton, Casey Kane. Troy O'Meara, though, uh, you told me off the off, uh, off, uh, line here before we started, you don't know that he would necessarily, necessarily be that next guy in, uh, probably because of injury, right? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, they can move the parts around a lot. So, you know, obviously what we have here is if they're in 11 personnel, but we expect to see them in 12 personnel quite a bit. So really Jatavian Sanders and Jalil Billingsley are starters, but only in, in 12 personnel. Uh, the backup for Jatavian Sanders would be Gunnar Helm. The backup for Jalil Billingsley would be uh, Juan Davis. At wide receiver, uh, you see Casey Kane. Basically he's there at X wide receiver, which is the boundary. Uh, Jordan Whittington can play that. And in fact, Jordan Winnington's playing that a lot. He's the de facto starter at X receiver when they're in 12 personnel. So uh, you could see a scenario where Worthy is, is over there in the field. Uh, Whittington is at X and Tariq Milton is, uh, moves up to the slot. You know, it's going to be, you know, who's their fourth best receiver? Who's their third best receiver? They're going to go in that order uh, more so than they are just uh, to to the standard depth chart. This is just, uh, this makes it, a, this is a good visual aid to get an idea, but but realize the pieces can move around quite a bit.
0: What guy that we haven't, uh, that's not on here are two guys really, uh, Gabe Sluster and Savion Red. Uh, Slusser, I've heard, has been doing well in practice the last couple weeks. Diminutive guy, uh, but has been getting some uh, productive mm-hmm. snaps. Uh, Red started off really well in, in uh, fall fall camp, kind of slid down a little bit. Maybe a, maybe hit that freshman wall a bit. We'll see if they get any time uh, on Saturday as well. Uh, before I move on to the offensive line, Eric, you have any any way that you think Texas and um, Steve Sargeesian are going to approach ULM any ideas of what kind of personnel you expect to see the most whether it's the one back one tight end or one back two tight end look
1: uh, I think we'll see a lot of 12 personnel because I think they again they're going to want to get Quinn uh, Quinn years in-game reps at the the, the things that are going to give them a good chance to succeed on offense this year you know that at 12 is pretty vanilla it's not you know they ran a lot of it he's running it in Alabama so He's going to run the stuff that he ran at Alabama that they already know, that, that Golding already knows that he's going to run. Um, and, you know, They're not going to see anything new in this game. So I I, I, I expect we'll see a lot of 12 personnel. They'll mix up some uh, some 11 personnel as well. I doubt we see too many uh, two-back sets. Uh, I just don't think that there's a reason to show it. Uh, maybe maybe I'm wrong there, but you know, we'll see. It's going to be bland, uh, but I think it's going to be designed to not show Alabama as much, but I think they also want to get Quinn years as comfortable as possible uh, before they can even start branching out.
0: Um, you look at the offensive line group uh, on the screen here, uh, what stands out the most, two true freshman starters, Kelvin Banks at left tackle, Cole Hudson at right guard. <laughs> then you have three true freshman backups, Malik Ogbo at left guard, DJ yep. Campbell at right guard, and Cam Williams at right tackle. Uh, we think that Andre Kerrich, even though he's backing up, Kelvin Banks is likely the first man off the bench uh, as the sixth man any other takeaways for you, uh, Eric, in this group?
1: Yeah, I mean, Carrick would be the starter, uh, the, the the next man up at guard or tackle. I think center it would either be Logan Parr or uh, or Cole Hudson if something happened with uh, Jake Majors. It'd be interesting if if they trusted Cole Hudson uh, early out of the gates. If if they they did need to give Jake uh, a break or if he was uh, hurt for for a length of time. Uh, you know, I, I think we're going to see all these guys this week. Malik Agbo, I expect to play quite a bit this season. Uh, DJ Campbell's going to play quite a bit this season. Cam Williams is going to play quite a bit this season. So, uh, you know, it's to me, it's the the fourth quarter of this week is going to be just as interesting to see those young guys as the first quarter.
0: Let me ask you this. You, you've you kind of coined the phrase the year before the year at, at Texas. Is that in part because of this offensive line?
1: It's a giant part. That, that and Quinn Ewers, you know, being in his first year starting, uh, you know, you want to get the... You know, you can kind of predict for, for, for teams that are on the ascent, you can uh, predict the year, the year out where they're going to be on the proper roster cycle to give themselves a chance. Now, that's still dependent on whether or not you have the right coach. That's a big part of it, too. Uh, but the roster is going to set up well next year. So roster, roster cycle is important for a team that's still building depth. It's not nearly as important at Ohio State or Alabama or Georgia because they're always on a roster cycle. Speaking
0: with Eric Naline, publisher, InsideTexas.com. At InsideTexas.com right now, we're having a flash sale. Four, uh, months for just $1 uh, for all inside access to InsideTexas.com for new subscribers only. This isn't one of those where you can uh, circumvent the, the system and try to get it twice or anything like this. We're just trying to introduce new people to our site. Uh, and uh, I think that once we do that, uh, hopefully, hopefully you'll appreciate uh, the level of content we do. All right, Eric, I wanna take now, I wanna go now over to the defensive side of the ball. And see what you really think about uh, that portion of it. Uh, I felt like the, the offensive depth chart we were really pretty. I don't want to say we were certain of, but we felt like ninety-five to ninety-nine percent confidence, right? Did you pretty feel pretty the bad, same yeah. way? Did you feel the same way on defense, or is it a little bit more ebb and flow based on some things?
1: you know I feel good about what I wrote, but there could be more like if they released one, there could have been a ton of ton of oars in there because you know, you do have some talented guys, uh, you know, specifically at defensive tackle, who knows exactly how they're gonna order it. I was going more so by how they had in practice, not necessarily overall talent level. Uh, and then you know, at Jack, I think Justice is gonna be on would be on the two deep. Uh, but I haven't heard that for certain. There is a two deep behind the scenes, it's not like they're operating just out of willy-nilly, but um, I haven't heard the exact uh, depth there. I feel good about the the secondary. Um, linebackers seem pretty good, too. But there's a lot of uncertainty in the defensive line just because, you know, a lot of those guys are going to play and that, you know, they could play in, in, in different orders. And, you know, is Tavondre sweating or with, uh, with some guys? Or, you know, Alfred Collins, he's coming back from injury. So there's some uncertainty there, but uh, not necessarily in a bad way.
0: Um, you know, I, I look at this and obviously, uh, you know, the one guy that I, I found interesting that uh, Sark let speak to the media again was Moro Ojomo. Yeah, he's like, the, you know, I, w- there was some thought that he might ever might never speak to the media again uh, after last spring, right? When he tried to be honest, and I think he was. We, I thought it was a great interview. Yeah, um, and it kind of woke up some people inside and outside the program that hey, some people are trying to take some ownership here. But he's kind of like the Swiss Army knife of this defense, right? Uh, he might be able to play inside in spots. Pass you might be able to move yep. inside, r- regular downs outside. Um, how important is he in, in in your opinion? Because I think he gives them just a lot of versatility.
1: Well, you know, the fact that they let him speak again to the uh, media tells you just how coachable he is. You know, he's that coachable, uh, you know, on the field as well. So they got him more in line and, and not saying anything, uh, you know, too, too dramatic or or uh, controversial, uh, which I don't think he said anything controversial to begin with, but a lot of that stuff, uh, I think Stark was right. You, you would prefer to keep that in-house. It's great for guys like us to give us fodder to talk about, but, yeah, ideally, keep that in-house. You know, um, I think he's technically sound. I think, uh, you know, I was just writing about the the Longhorns who have made it to the NFL, and, I, you know, Taquan Graham is somebody that I've always kind of compared Ojomo o- o- to. It's just a guy that goes about it the right way. They're physical. They've got strong hands. Uh, they're pretty technically sound. Um, you know, I don't know that he's going to give him a pass rush if they line him up outside, but I think he can probably do so on stunts coming uh, from the inside. And so I do expect him to, to start at three tech with uh, Byron Murphy at nose tackle. Now, that's not a big tandem, uh, but it's an active tandem. Uh, it's a high effort tandem. Uh, you know, And we'll see if we'll see if that's exactly what they're looking for. But they can intersperse those guys uh, with much bigger bodies, which I think is is more PK's preference. But right now he's going with the guys that earn it and Byron Murphy and Moro Ojimo earn it day in and day out. Yeah,
0: Um, I'm looking at uh, the uh, linebacker group. It's really interesting because it's all predicated somewhat on how DeMarvian overshone is used, right? Whether he Mm -hmm. stays inside or lines up as a pass rusher.
1: Yeah, just like how our offensive uh, projected depth is more towards 11 personnel, you know, the the defensive one is is geared more towards base, but we're going to see them in nickel quite a bit. So, you know, I think it's going to be dependent on the, the matchup that they have. If they're if they're facing an offense that's running twelve personnel, they'll feel more likely to have three linebackers out there, and uh, you know that's going to give them versatility. If, if they face an offense that's similar to the one that they can put on the field, uh, Overshown can can be a pretty good cover man. He's not going to get caught in space like like many Sam linebackers would, but also he's going to be able to play off the edge uh, a lot more. So it's you know it's, it comes down to how how ready Giamate Tucker Dorsey is, and we feel really good there. Uh, whether or not David Benda can step up and play some snaps inside at, at whether at either Mike or Will. But also, if DeMarvin Overshone is really living up to his athletic potential,
0: yeah, I, I think that a lot hinges on that, right? Um, because uh, yep. Diamante Tucker Dorsey may be the better inside linebacker. Period. And mm-hmm. so, if 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 that's the case, then where does Overshown fit in this defense? Uh, and we're, we're going to find out, I think, as Texas as the season uh, goes forward. Um, t- thinking about the the secondary right now, uh, Josh Thompson made an NFL roster. Oh, yeah. Brennan Schooler made an NFL roster, right? Both mm-hmm. undrafted free agents, right? right. Uh, good for them. Uh, but you wouldn't have thought that based on the, the secondary's performance a year ago. Now, both of them probably had special teams as a major reason why they made the
1: roster. Right. Well, you know? I mean, con- context is so important. And that's why, you know, when it's, uh, you know, when we're talking on...
0: This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com.
1: You know, in the heat of the moment, fans are upset. These players are terrible. I'm like, man, Josh Thompson has the NFL athletic baseline talent. There's no doubt about it. Last spring, we were talking about how athletic Brendan Schooler was, but they've got to be put in the right position to succeed. Uh, you probably, Ideally, they're not switching schools and switching positions every other year like Brendan Schooler did. Uh, Thompson had some injury concerns and was playing more out of position than I think people realize. He's probably more of a, a safety than he is a corner. And so context is important. You got to get guys in the right position. And so we, we need to use that to inform us going forward, hey, these guys need time to develop. They need to be put in the right position. Uh, instead of playing out of position, uh, and they need to be coached up and, you know, schemed properly. And so if that's the case, then you can start seeing a good bounce. And we're hoping that we see that the, – the signs of that this season uh, after last year, which, uh, you know, led to the disappointment, the, the discombobulation between the secondary and the front seven. Uh, you know, Sark mentioned it, um, that they're playing more as one. Uh, we've mentioned it numerous times throughout August that they're playing more as one. You know, we want to see it. Uh, we want to see the proof in the pudding. But, you know, uh, signs are pointing in the proper direction.
0: Hey, uh, Eric, this is what's interesting to me as well. Um, you know, this is our, proje- and we said this at the outset, this is our projected depth chart. It's not the official one. The university did not uh, dis- did not uh, put one out. Steve Sarkeesian opted not to, to release one. So this is ours. I look at secondary, and really, you know, there's not a major surprise here. Uh, if there is one, I think it's Jalen Gilbo and his camp that he had this fall, uh, a true freshman, coming in and, and ended up the number two guy at the star position to start the year.
1: Well, timing and fit, like we just talked about are very important. Uh, and he had both, you know, he had a bit of an up and down spring, but he did show his ability. Uh, they liked him at corner, but maybe didn't have the, the the long speed that they're looking for there. He could play it, but is, is that his best fit? No, it's not his best fit. Nickel or star has always been his best fit. That goes back to his high school evaluation. Uh, and when Jade Barron, uh, when Jaday Barron uh, missed some time, he started to get those reps back that he missed in the spring when he uh, was suspended there for a while. Uh, so, you know, he's got the physical nature for it, but he's also got the cover skills they're, they're looking. You know, he does have corner cover skills, if not ideal corner cover speed, but there's a lot going into that, 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 to, there's a lot going into playing, uh, playing man coverage. And, and he has those traits, if not the long speed, he should be good in that, in that regard. And we know he's got that football uh, mindset. He's uh, he's got a high football IQ and he's physically tough.
0: Yeah. You know, Eric, uh, we, we look at this depth chart. We also, we need to mention real quick. I want to mention real quick the the uh, specialty positions, we think that Will Stone is going to handle kickoffs. Uh, Isaac Pearson is going to be the punter. Uh, As of earlier this week, they were still going through the motions, but it looked like Burt Auburn, uh, the uh, sophomore walk-on was going to hold off Will Stone for place-kicking duties. Uh, and then who, who was the holder? The holder was Pearson. Who was the deep
1: And the deep snapper is Zach Edwards. Okay. Uh,
0: so Lance St. Louis, we originally thought he was going to be it, but it actually is going to be uh, Zach Edwards, we believe. All right. Um, Eric, uh, you look at this. I want to take a step back now and talk to you more about uh, the team as a whole. All right. And, and what they're looking at this week going into ULM. My opinion uh, is that we don't know what we're going to see. We, we have ideas, right? That mm-hmm. what we think. I'm asking you now: What do you think we're going to see in this Texas team uh, against ULM on Saturday?
1: I think they're going to win handily. It's a very poor team that they're playing. Uh, much uh, easier opponent than the one they started off with last year in Louisiana Lafayette. Um, you know, I think uh, I, I think they're going to blow them out pretty easily. I don't know how clean they're going to play coming out of the gates. I do expect some miscues. Um, you know, I think that, you know, Monroe's going to junk up their defense a little bit to try to uh, try to confuse yours. They can't they can't really do anything physically against Texas. They're not you know, they're, they're not athletic. They're not big. Um, they don't have a lot of weapons. Uh, but, you know, this is a young and team. They can confuse the, the left tackle. Uh, they can confuse the the new right guard uh, and they can confuse the quarterback. So I think there might be some growing pains there, but Sarks are going to put them in the right position. You know, ideally, this game is out of hand in the second half and we're seeing uh, we're seeing the bench. Uh, clear. This should be one of those games where they're playing any any guy that they plan on playing four games. This should be one of them.
0: Uh, this is where um, you know we hope to see Ethan Burke play a lot, right? Right. You hope yeah. to see Terrence Brooks get some time at corner. Jameer Johnson, Finkley, Justice Finkley. Yeah. 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 Those guys. If you can do that, and I will say this, that I, I I go back and forth on this week whether or not they're going to come out guns blazing. I, I said that today on InsideTexas.com for mm-hmm. those of you guys that are readers. And part of that for me, um, Eric, is is just, you know, what what's going to be possible with the new uh, with a new quarterback? At the same time, everything in my gut tells me, well, Steve Sarkeesian generally starts pretty fast in every game. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. so me saying, huh, I, I wonder if they're going to start fast is kind of counterintuitive. Right. Um, but I, I'm just kind of wondering uh, what what the process this there is. And, and maybe truly it is all gas, no brakes right that, that's yeah uh, that's stark's mantra it's only a kick pressure. a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle a run it's only for the fans after all
1: it's only pressure you got this adidas I do think you know, absent a few mental mistakes here and there, I do think they're going to play pretty well, and I think it's not going to be uh, in doubt uh, for long. So uh, yeah, I think he will I think they'll come out pretty fast, surprisingly fast. I, I think they've done a good job building up in the last two weeks uh, to this point of being ready to start. You know, I was a little more concerned maybe, maybe three weeks ago. You know, it sounded like you know there's a lot more errors. Uh, they were playing, uh, they weren't playing clean football at all in the scrimmages. Um, Sark was getting on them pretty good. Uh, But by all accounts, they're playing a lot better behind the scenes, and I think they're starting to come together. You know, you don't want to. It, it, it is a buildup, you know, like to a prize fight. You know, you're you're not going to be nearly in as good shape uh, a month out as you are a couple days out. So uh, I think they're building up to it well. um, I think it's going to be a pretty easy win, but you know, we'll see. You know, weird things happen in football, and and there's still some hangover from last year where they needed uh, quite a luck just to end that that losing streak. You know, last time we saw them. Uh, They were coming off a losing streak, and, you know, Kansas State had their, I think, their third-string quarterback in. What happens if it was their second string? So, yeah, it was a bad team last time we saw them, even if they won, Um, and so there's probably still some carryover from that, and they're going to have to work out some kinks, but I do think they're going to come out and start, and I think they do have a new lease on life, uh, given the influx of talent.
0: Uh, Let's hope so. I mean, I I think that every Texas fan wants to see a strong start to the season. I actually think that uh, the way they ended last year with the, the kind of gutty win against Kansas State, mm-hmm. um, it really was a gutty win, right? I mean, I lose, they've lost six games in a row, had every, every reason kind of to fold uh, yep. there at the yep. end. But uh, Roshan Johnson uh, kind of took them by the reins and, and led them to victory. Let's see how they come out uh, and start this year. Uh, uh, before I, I read this uh, thing, I want to say th- special thank you, uh, Eric and I do, to Paul Wicks of Wicks Law for sponsoring State of the Programme. Uh, Paul is a uh, double graduate of the University of Texas, both undergrad uh, and law school, uh, and he is one of those guys that uh, he does personal injury. Uh, but when you call his law office, the difference with Paul is that you're actually going to talk to a lawyer, not a sales rep trying to take you in and, and uh, investigate whether or not you're a you're a good client right away. Uh, so we appreciate Paul and and his. Uh, efforts to help us uh, improve our programming here at Inside Texas and on Texas football. Uh so a r- reminder stay the program is brought brought to you by Wicks Law. If you suffered a real personal injury and the need to recover real compensation, you need a real lawyer. Call Paul Wicks at wickslaw.com. Uh Eric, best of luck this week. Uh let's watch the Longhorns, can't wait for it all to happen. We've got some more content coming for you guys on Inside Texas the rest of the week. Uh Recruiting coming up, guys out there in the, the field going to games this weekend. And then, obviously, Saturday night, 7 p.m., the Longhorns take on ULM.
1: Yeah, uh, one of you guys on Twitter, please send this to John McClain so he can come back down off that ledge. He'll have that, that depth chart that he's looking for. Um, you know, hopefully this brings him some solace, some closure to this very rough week that he's had. Um, you know, we wish you the best, John. Uh, you know, peace be with you. <laughs> that,
0: that was like a You just wanted to put that in there, but I think it's great. All right, Eric for Eric Naleen, publisher of Inside Texas, I'm Bobby Burton. And that's been State of the Program on Texas football.